0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 23rd, 2003. And today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we are on page 18 in There is a Solution. We will start at the bottom of that page the, the paragraph that begins that the man who is making the approach. The reference number for yesterday's meeting, which was Wednesday, May 22nd, is 4512. That's 4512. OA Preamble Overeat is Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover, through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I would now like to ask Edini to please read the 12 steps.
1: Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Edini, and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I thank you and I pass.
0: Thank you, and I'd now like to ask Margaret H. to please read the 12 traditions.
2: Thank you, Janice. Good morning, A Vision for You. This is Margaret H. in Illinois, compulsive overeater, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten,
0: Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution, and we are on page 18 at the bottom of that page. And I would like to ask Kathy K to please get started.
3: Thank you, Janice. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Um, uh, This is Kathy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and grateful to be here today. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of holier than thou, nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful, that there are no fees to pay, no axes to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective. After such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. Um, This is such a a clearly articulated statement about Step 12 and what it means to help the still-suffering compulsive overeater. And as I read it, I realize um, I was not always able uh, to approach people in this way. It wasn't until I reached a level of clarity um About what my disease is about, as well as a level of um awareness, having worked through um the first uh nine steps that i had uh I had the capacity to do this to present myself and my disease and my recovery in a way which was clear but not overzealous. Um, I can remember early on when I was in these rooms and experienced some temporary abstinence and what I thought was recovery, I would get into a real sales mode of um, trying to push the program to whoever I thought needed it. And obviously that's not what this paragraph is telling us. Um, Instead, it's about genuinely wanting to help another person and presenting what we've experienced in a very calm, uh, humble way, um, such that we're not selling, but we're just presenting the gifts that have been given to us. And uh, I'm also reminded that throughout this book, we're told that um, this kind of action is what kept Bill and the hundred others who recovered uh, in recovery. It was the regular reaching out to others who still suffer uh, without access to grind, without people to please, um, and uh, without an attitude of holier than thou. Um, And it really, the only way I can do this is if I am centered in my higher power and Entirely aware of the gifts that I have been given, uh, so that I can present them in a way that's solid and humble and uh, with grace. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy.
0: This is Katie Would anyone from like... Boston. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning. This is Katie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston, Massachusetts, and. Oh, I'm so grateful to read this today. When I came in, I followed, a, um, and still do, I follow a Wade um, format of blade Wade manner, rather, of eating my food. And it's committed, and I'm very disciplined about it. Um, but as soon as I got abstinent, I didn't have a God in my life. And it was a Katie show. I mean, talk about lectures and holier than thou. And, I mean, I got sponsees. And I was not talking the program of Alcoholics Anonymous that's so clearly laid out um, in this solution. And I, I was not talking the language of the heart. I was talking the program that somehow I was making up in my head, like, you do this, sit down, shut up, you go to this meeting, you do this, no, I don't care. I mean, I'm I'm a single woman, and I've never been married or had children, and I was advising women who were married with children to do things, to live their life in a certain way. Why? Because I was so afraid, you know, and I didn't have a God in my life. And I didn't realize that actually what I was supposed to be sharing was just my experience and that it was okay to not know, you know, and that it was okay to say to someone, you know, gee, I don't know. And and the people that really had what I wanted and the people that spoke through these, like, clouds I had of food addiction when I was in the food that really got to me were the ones that spoke the language of the heart, were the ones that said to me, yeah, you know what, Katie, I used to eat out of trash cans, too, and I'm not today. You know what, Katie, I used to hate myself so much that all I could do was exercise. I get it. Like, this this is all I can share, and today that's all I can share with my sponsees or with women who who call me, like all I can share is my experience. And that's all. Like I'm not here to lecture. I am not God and I am not the like OA whatever, like recovery story. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not out there like, you know, uh, the after picture to show everybody what I've done. That's not what this is about. Like, my primary purpose is to stay absent and to help other women today, not because I want some, like, glory, but because if I don't, I I am sure to eat again. It says that in another place in the book. Like, the only way to live through this life today is to, to pass this message along. And thank God, you know, and thank God, like, I had the ability in my ninth step to go to women who, as a sponsor, I had verbally abused. You know, and I know that this is like might sound awful because it is, but like that's the truth. I verbally abused people because I, I was so afraid that I wasn't good enough that I needed to control these women who wanted me as a sponsor. You know, they they called me and I was like, well, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do like I don't do that today. You know, like I say to women, this is my experience and this is what I do. You know, and uh, this is this is how I've found. A relationship with god you know i i I do i need to have specific parameters around my food and i work my tools every day so that i can have the privilege of staying in the step work which gives me a god right and that god is how i operate from the language of the heart and not from the language of the head where i'm better than you and lecturing you and i have access to grind and i have something to prove that's not who i am today you know i don't have anything to prove in god's world and uh I'm very grateful, and with that, I passed. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone else like to comment on this
4: paragraph? This This is is Paula, may
5: Go ahead, Paula. Thank you. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Over Eda. You know, here it says in the first line, and I I think I could stick with just that line. It's quite the line, isn't it? The same man. What's man? The man that was sick in this disease of alcoholism, it's the same man, you remember who you are, is making the approach, has had the same difficulty that he obviously knows what he is talking about. Can I tell you on that sentence, it reminds you, doesn't it remind you of a plane coming in and he's making his approach, but he doesn't just land the damn plane? No! He takes a look at all the areas around He's got all these things around him that say the temperature, the this, the that, the this, how far up he is. Okay, he's making the approach. He's looking around. But isn't it, say, the paragraph before and the squiggly lines, important squiggly lines, I'm with facts about himself. And that's where it comes into once you're armed with the facts, and then it clearly states here, the man has a real answer. Where's the answer? In the book? He found the answer in the book, in the steps, in his God. Then, and only then, can he make the approach and land the plane. But even more so, this plane is another human being. You give it your all. On this line, we hear trusted servants Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass.
0: Thank you, Paula. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is me. Sure. I'm sorry. Can you say that again, please? Nancy, Kim, Kim and Sheila. Did I hear? I think it was no, Nancy. Nancy, go ahead, Kim, and then we'll do Nancy. Good morning, Johnice. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim J, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. That his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer. You no, know, his whole deportment, his whole behavior, his whole mannerism shouts because our actions shout so much louder than our words. I mean, the fact is, some for. A, In most cases, your actions are so loud, I can't hear a word that you're saying. So I know I remember working with someone, and she told me she came to her first OA meeting after being years in AA, and the person who was leading the meeting was morbidly obese. And she shared that today she had two weeks of accidents, and everybody clapped. And she looked at him like, two weeks? After 20 years? And the woman came up to her after the meeting and gave her a hug and goes, you know what? Sometimes two weeks is the best that we can get. Well, is that a real answer? Is that the message we want to give in our life, that the best we can get is two weeks? Well, I'll tell you, this meeting shouts the real answer. This meeting has a depth and weight of people who have recovered. And in order to get that real answer, we have to know what the real problem is. And that is something that Overeaters Anonymous does not do well. Our real problem is not food and weight. Our real problem is that we have an allergy of the body that will never change. And some of us are allergic to this food and some of us are allergic to that food, but we have to identify what is our alcohol? What are those foods that create the phenomenon of craving? And we have to accept the fact that that is our disability and put those foods down 100%, and then we have to attack a larger aspect of our disease, which is the obsession of the mind with these steps. And when we walk through these steps, we will get a relationship with God and the obsession will be removed. So the real answer is that when we get that connection with God, the obsession will be removed. And if the obsession is removed we will not go back to the food. And if we will not go back to the food, we will not trigger the allergy. And if we don't trigger the allergy, we will no longer be in that vicious cycle. And to give us a little preview, at the end of the chapter it says, further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we have recovered. These are followed by 42 personal stories. Each individual in his personal story is described in his own language from his own point of view, the way he established his relationship with God. It doesn't say the, what shared with him, how they stopped drinking. It doesn't say I share with them how, what my food plan was. It is how you got that relationship with God. Does it say making 90 meetings in nine days or making 14 phone calls a day? You know, the tools are wonderful, but the tools only have meaning if we know what we're building. A hammer, a wrench, and a screwdriver sitting on a table mean nothing unless we know what we're building. So we have to know what we're building because we, we are, his whole department shouts, shouts at the new prospect. That he's a man with the real answer because one of the dangerous things that can happen in an OA meeting and one of the most miserable places I have ever been is when I've had a head full of OA and a belly full of food. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Go ahead, Nancy.
6: Thank you, Janice. This is Nancy Cut Recovered Compulsive, reader from Lewiston, Idaho. Good morning, everybody. Um, especially those of you that are with me on the uh, West Coast very early this morning. But grateful to start my day with this meeting. I tell you, I love hearing the big book first thing in the morning. Um, in my big book, I have written next to this paragraph description of a sponsor because as we know, you know, the big book doesn't ever use the word sponsor, but I was taught, you know, this is what you, what you look for. And, um, a couple of people that have shared before me kind of alluded to, you know, uh, just some of our experiences, not just in sponsoring, but in looking for sponsees. And I, boy, God bless those people, um, especially in my early days that I sponsored, um, to try to teach them a diet because, by golly, the first time I came to OA, I lost 100 pounds, and so obviously that gave me the credentials I needed to tell somebody else how to lose 100 pounds because, you know, the unfortunate truth was at that time that's all I had to offer. And, um, you know, there were people um, at that time that were drawn to me because of the weight loss, but then, it, you know, they didn't stick around. And that's because they weren't hearing the solution. They were just hearing another diet, another food plan. You know, yeah, sure, I was working the steps, but I would just take a book, a workbook or something, and um, have them work out of it. I would hear somebody at a retreat say something, and I would try to, oh, that sounded really good, and it would really touch me. Um, And I would try to pass that on to other people, but it didn't work because it was their experience, not mine. I can only share what is in my heart. When I first came to um, OA, I had to practice being of service. I was not a naturally giving person. And it's interesting now because I've done some of those tests where you discover what your spiritual gifts are and mine is giving. And that did not come naturally. That is a part of, that is one of the miracles of working this program. Um, today, I have a sincere desire to help the still suffering compulsive overeater. I, you know, I, I want. I wish I could, you know, I wish I could help everybody that called me. I just, there's not enough hours in the day, but um, I trust that my higher power is going to put those in my path that I can't help. And it's interesting. I always think about the phone meeting. Now I don't have a face-to-face meeting and nobody knows what I look like. You know, I, I'm not attracting people because of what I look like or what my body size is. You know, they don't know that I've lost a lot of weight, and I carry. I walk around in a healthy body weight, unless I say that. Um, but people call me because of what they hear in my voice, and I have called other people on this phone line because of what I hear in their voice. I hear the passion of this program. I hear their commitment to be of help to those who are still suffering. I hear them talk about a solution that I've never been able to find before. That's what attractive. And I I have people say, oh, man, I just love what you said on the phone. And I just kind of smile because they're not coming to me because of what I look like. They're coming to me because of something that they heard me say or the passion in my voice. I have so much passion for this program today. And um, I have had many sponsors over the years as I've been in and out of program and in and out of program, and I've um, had sponsors that have let me go, and I've had sponsors that I have let go um, just for various reasons. But I have learned something from each and every one of them. Um, A couple of them, what I learned was that's not the way that I want to sponsor. But I learned something, and it has got me to where I am today, which is making myself open, to be willing, to listen to the direction of my higher power, to do what he would have me to do and to be what he would have me to be. Um, And um, with that, I could go on forever, but with that, I'll pass. And thank you all so much for being here so that I can hear the solution this morning. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Nancy. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know, this paragraph speaks to me on a a lot of different levels because what we've been talking about on this page, I believe, is, you know, we've been described, we were unapproachable. We were unapproachable by those who tried to help us, highly competent psychiatrists and family and intimate friends and parents and wives. And, you know, they tried to argue. They tried to convince us. They tried to plead with us. You know, they tried because they cared about us. They cared about us and they could see we were in trouble. But none of those people, none of those people reached me the way another recovered compulsive overeater reached me. You know, the man who is making the approach, the person who was making the approach to me came from a whole different place came from a whole different place you know they came with a message of depth and weight because they had stood in that place where i was standing they had been there they had been there and they didn't come from the spiritual high top and they didn't talk down to me and they didn't act better than me they came from a place of such humility such humility because they knew They knew what the solution was. The solution they had found was a higher power. You know, and they were willing to share that because, first of all, it kept them abstinent. It kept them sober. It kept them in recovery. And it was something they wanted to do because of what had been given to them. You know, that was the beautiful approach that they made to me, that they had stood in my shoes And now
7: we're recovered.
0: Now we're recovered. And they cracked this big book open and made it come alive. Made it come alive. Made it appeal to me in a way that said, this is what I found, and if you want what I have, here's how I found it. Here's how I found it. Because we are equipped with a very special experience, a very special background a very special place that we've come from because we've been there. Because we've been there. And, you know, my problem, my problem had always been self-reliance. I'd been trying to find my way out by myself and I couldn't. And then he ends it with such a beautiful, poetic vision. After such an approach, after such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again and walk again. You know, because I had been crippled by this illness, crippled by compulsive overeating. But when given the solution, and it was my choice, but when I was approached by someone in whom the problem had been solved,
7: I could see something new and
0: different. And I could hear the message of this book. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph?
4: Leah? <laughs> Rose? Go ahead, Leia, and then Rose. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty. Um, again, you know, we're speaking about people who are ex-problem drinkers. The problem has been solved. They are recovered. So... Um, you know, they are coming from a certain experience that the man who is making the approach has had. He has recovered. Uh, the, the greater aspect of the disease, the obsession of the mind has been expelled. It's driven out. This is not um, carrying the message of relapse. This is carrying the message that, you know what, uh, if you woke up this morning um, feeling despair uh, because of last night's binge, you never have to eat that way again. That there is a way out. There is a way to be stopped and stay stopped. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty. Uh, that's identification. That's where the identification process is so important. For instance, you know, we look at the history that we just studied in Bill's story. Bill knew Ebby, and Bill knew how Ebby drank. And, if, you know, and and Bill knew that if Ebby was staying sober... Some power greater than Ebby had to be working in Ebby's life. You know, he knew how Ebby drank. And that is... The message of hope that people who are recovered offer the newcomer. You know that that uh, you know. I used to dig my fists into cellophane bags and bakery boxes. Also, I mean, for the for those of you that are new and don't understand the role of people who are recovered, let me make it clear. Uh, you know, I, I don't have any credentials. I don't have any special understandings. I'm not uh, appointed by anybody. I don't know about you, but I never wanted to be a compulsive overeater, and this may surprise you, but my life goal was not to be here today on the phone speaking to you. I I certainly had other thoughts and dreams for myself. I'm just a compulsive overeater who is here trying to save her own life, and I've been doing that for quite some time. But when we say that he obviously knows what he's talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer, yes, I want to tell the newcomers uh, that the chances of your recovery are 100%. 100%. Rarely is the experience of the people who follow the path laid out for people like me, rarely does that path fail if you follow the path. You know, that there are no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective. After such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. What does that mean? That means to be recovered. You know, (laughs) I'm a compulsive reader. I've been a compulsive reader my whole life. I've had thousands and thousands and thousands of binges. I've eaten off the floor. I've eaten out of the garbage. I've eaten frozen food. I've eaten burnt food. I've stole food. I lied about food. I ate until I was stuffed. I ate until I was in physical pain. I ate until I was drugged to sleep. I know what it's like to sit in the dark in a parking lot uh, and binge myself into oblivion. I've been there. I have been there, you know, I came from where I say I came from, I lived the way I say I lived, I felt and acted the way I say I have, I felt and acted in that disease and I want to assure you that I have been transformed and that's the message that we carry, that there is a way out. You know, you don't have to continue to live like this. This is much more than just the mere elimination of binge foods, although that's a very, very and most necessary beginning. This is about a restored life. This is about a reordered life. This is about being reborn, not in body, obviously, but in mind, in personality. You know, and and is this possible for everyone on this line? absolutely 100%. This is not a story about me. This is not a story uh of personal success or personal recognition. This is about what happens and what has happened through each person who is recovered through uh through the cooperation with the grace of God. And the transformation that's possible when we throw ourselves at that higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Go ahead, Rose.
8: Thank you, Janice. This is Rose, recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, well, the um, the whole paragraph, but uh, mainly this first sentence is what is um, what strikes me, that the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of holy than thou, etc. Um, last May 1st, I called up a person who was a recovered compulsive overeater. And as I've said before, um, I spent um, almost 39 years around O.A., unrecovered. Um, I hadn't actually met a recovered person, truthfully, um, in my meetings. And when, uh, when I called this person up and asked for help, and she said yes, and she laid out the um, simple kit of spiritual tools for me. Uh, whether I wanted to do that or not. It was my decision. But it was her recovery that spoke to me. It was her whole demeanor. It was her whole life. Um, It was really everything about her that I knew that's what I wanted. And as hopeless as I was after all those years, a spark was lit, so tiny, But a spark was with it. Maybe, maybe I could really learn how to get a recovery by these steps. And maybe I could really get honestly abstinent for the first time since I had ever come to OA. And thanks to God, that's what happened. And, um... The one thing uh, that I would just add is that um, I read pages 84 to 88 every day. And on page 84, this one short sentence for me (coughs) is what all this is about in that it says, love and tolerance of others is our code. Now, that was never my code prior to my recovery. And I can say due to God's grace, this is what it's about. Love and tolerance for all um, has been given to me as a result of having worked the steps and continuing to work them daily. That this this is what the gift is and the only way that is um, uh, kept each day Is by giving it away because the joy of working with another uh, compulsive overeater is built in to having love and tolerance for all because they are me um, not very long ago. So, with that, Janice, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Rose. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Monica? Go ahead, Monica.
9: Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And that these, these are the conditions we have found most effective. So I'm looking at this paragraph, and I'm seeing here that I'm being given some information also as a sponsor. How to be a sponsor. And, um, you know, that I, uh, that I have no attitude of holier-than-thou uh nothing except to have a be a sincere desire to be helpful, no axes to grind you know don't be giving any lectures um don't expecting not expecting any fees to be paid that this is this is has been found to be the most effective way to come across to another person to a still suffering compulsive overeater is um you know, let them see um, what God has done for me. Uh, I know what attracted me was when I heard recovered people speaking, you know. I heard the joy in their voices. I saw the twinkle in their eye, the smiles. Um, There was something different about them. There was something. They had a joy, a glow. There was something. And that's what attracted me, you know. And And that's what we need to do is, is, you know, show by, show off, give off whatever vibes that are attractive to other people. Because I know I certainly didn't want to be talked down to and I didn't want to be told what to do. Um, You know, being a sponsor is not about controlling. It's about guiding another person through the process of the steps. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Monica. And Leia.
4: That's star one, Leah.
10: Do you hear me now? I can hear you. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was talking. This is Leah, and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. And um, I thank you very much for letting me share. I just want to share something so significant, so powerful that it it it's like an aha moment it's it's like it hit me um i'm going through a lot of emotional stress and i'm doing my steps and and i'm working with the program and everything and uh last night i was in an environment where it was very intensely emotional and i cannot believe the way everything passed by and everything passed by not only with flying colors, but with such calmness, with such serenity. There was no, uh, no, no, um, no tenseness in me. There was no nothing. I just dealt with everything the way it came by the, through the grace of God. And for me, this is the oh, my God, this is the spirituality. Forget about the weight. Forget about the cosmetic thing. Forget about the, you know, the powerlessness, giving it over. Forget about all those things. For this, I didn't bargain for this. For this, to come into this situation that I was in last night, and to come through not only uh, without any emotion, but... So happily, so, so much at peace. Everything is the way, the way he divines it to be, and it was so powerful to me. I was thinking about it. I came home and I just wrote about it, it and and now I'm sharing it. It's like, it's like so magical. <laughs> and um, one more thing I wanna share is that every time I listen to this meeting there's so much empathy. There's there's so much so many issues that I can I can really identify with that it is, is it's like mind boggling to me
6: <laughs>
10: and, and and then uh, I'm applying it to myself. I'm applying it to myself. Nobody else. I'm here in this program for myself. I am not uh, selfish, but I am definitely here for a purpose. I don't call this phone number because I want to listen to a social club. I, come to, I call this phone number because I need strength for my day. And I, I want to thank you all very, very much. And with this, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Leah. Well, let's move on to the next paragraph, and Katie, could you read that for us, please? Good morning, this is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. None of us makes a sole vocation of this work, nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased if we did. We feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A Much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. All of us spend much of our spare time in the sort of effort which we are going to describe. A few are fortunate enough to be so situated that they can give nearly all their time to the work. Well, I um, as I read this paragraph, I just think about, um, you know, when you go to a psychiatrist and you tell them all your problems, you know, you kind of, I mean, They know what they're doing, and I'm not uh, dismissing that work. But they don't identify with you in the same way that we do um, with our fellows. We, you know, we have to go out and live this program. We don't just, um, you know, become poster people for uh, OA. And they, they were so smart in the writing of the tradition and in uh, keeping it simple so that we don't become, you know, we're not uh, making ourselves publicly known by by our success. Um, As, you know, people have shared, I mean, you have no idea what I look like. You have no idea how old I, you know, I share things. I'm I'm not tall. I'm 5'3". So you can get that visual image, but I'm almost 53, you know, I walked in these rooms, I was 27 uh, when I got abstinent. I walked in the rooms for the first time when I was 21, um, briefly when I was 14. I mean, you know, those <laughs> that's decades of um, difference in, in, in my life, but the fact is, is, since I was 27 and now I'm 52, I have had thousands upon thousands upon thousands of experiences that I can share and say wholeheartedly, you can do it too. If I can do it, you can do it. And I would not have those experiences if I was working 100% just in sharing my, my uh, the 12-step program with people. I wouldn't have to you know, work in the world, and, and I do. And I've gone through, you know, many phases of life that um, if I, you know, were a circuit speaker just
3: going around the
0: world, you know, proclaiming um, the great news of OA and getting paid for it, you know, I probably would have lost sight of uh, uh, the little people who uh, need to hear what it's like. And, you know, I'm just so grateful that they... um, that they, you know, God gave them the inspiration to to set this program up the way it is. Um, But I do spend much of my my spare time on the phone working with other people and sharing my experience, strength, and hope, or sharing what's going on in my life so that I will not have to um, destroy the life I have. Uh, I still have problems. I still have difficult situations. I still have people that I have to interact with who don't do what I want, when I want them to. And, you know, it says uh, at the end here, if you are fortunate enough to be situated, that they can give nearly all their time. Well, you know, (laughs) I am still younger than a lot of people that come into these rooms for the first time. It's so sad to me, you know, that they spent their whole life in the in the disease, and now they're going to spend the the rest of their life in recovery. That's a beautiful thing. But you know, I'm still not there yet. I'm not retired, and I don't have you know, I can't take calls 24/7. But um, I'm just really grateful that that we don't try to make this a vocation. That'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. It's go ahead, Kim. Good morning again, everyone. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. If anyone is out there and they only hear one thing at this meeting, this is what I hope you hear. We feel that the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. But a beginning. You know, I spent many years in a way thinking the goal, thinking the aim was to get abstinence. If I work these steps hard enough, I will get abstinent. If I use the tools enough, I will get abstinent. If I go to enough meetings, I will get abstinence. And we are told in the doctor's opinion in multiple places, but two, it is imperative that a man's brain be cleared before he is approached. Of course. An alcoholic ought to be freed of his physical craving for liquor. That is so essential that we understand that we have to put the food down first. But that's not the end of the story. That's the beginning. That's what gives us the ability to work these principles. I used to think and I used to live getting myself busy enough to keep the beast away. And if I put my head on the pillow at night and I was abstinent, it was a good day. I would go into meetings and say, abstinence is the most important thing in my life today without exception. Let me tell you, being abstinent only is difficult. It's painful to have to be abstinent in the morning and abstinent in the afternoon and abstinent at night. That's a long 24 hours. What what the big book is telling us And what has worked for me and for hundreds and thousands and millions of people is to put our substance down, to work these steps, have that spiritual awakening, and then the obsession is removed. I wake up every morning and I ask God, how can I be useful to you and my fellows? I don't ask God to be abstinent because if I work this program, meaning the steps, if I live in 10, 11, and twelve. As a daily living practice, not as something I do when I'm just in pain, but a daily living practice, a natural byproduct is that I am excellent. A natural byproduct is that obsession of the mind remains removed and that I won't go back to the food. I have talked in this line multiple times about the fact three years ago I broke my ankle My foot was facing 150 degrees in the wrong direction. I snapped the bone in half and ripped every single muscle and tendon in my ankle. And it was necessary that I get that bone set first. I had to have seven screws and a plate put in there. But that was just the beginning. The real struggle was how do I repair those muscles and tendons. It took me a year to be able to walk without a limp again. And if I decided I don't want to get that bone set, I'm going to work on those muscles and those tendons first. That's crazy. That's crazy. I had to have that bone set first in order to work on the larger aspect of my injury. You have to put the food down first to attack the real nature of our disease. The real nature of our disease is the insanity and the mental twist. So if you hear one thing today, if you hear one thing in this meeting, I am going to shout with all my deportment that I can that we feel that the elimination of our drinking is but a
7: beginning. And with that, I pass. Hi, this is Julie. I would like to share. Who is that? Uh, This is Julie. I would like to share. Go ahead, Julie. Hi, I'm Julie, a recovered compulsive overeater in California. And um, it's the same sentence Kim just talked about. We feel the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. Um, You know, I've been in and out, mostly in OA since 81, and sure, I could lose 100 pounds, gain it, lose it, gain it. But when I was, quote, unquote, in recovery, which I thought was recovery, which was thin, I didn't, you know, do a a thorough nightly review. Um, When it says here, it's a but a beginning, a much more important demonstration of our principles Wise before us in our respective homes, occupation, and affairs. I was still egotistical, grandiose, angry, manipulative, sneaky, but I was thin. And I had, I would sponsor people because I was thin. And And I figured that was, you know, abstinence was the most important thing in my life. As long as I put my food in the cup, I had a good day in you know, the old days it was services swimming. Um, nowhere in there did it talk about reviewing my day that I that I was taught and it's no fault of, of people because I just couldn't hear the message. There were people in, in the program that knew the big book, knew the problem, knew the solution, but I couldn't hear it. But I didn't look at my behavior. And now today, thank God when I lay down at night and I look over my day and I see where I could have been more loving, I could have, I saw that I was grandiose in this situation. Do I need to make an amends? Yes, I need to go talk to my employee and tell him I was a little curt. And um, what am I going to do today to prevent that? It has nothing to do with food because food is not an issue. i The obsession has been lifted. I have to work on living. How to be a loving, caring, giving spouse, mother, employer, employee, sponsor, sponsee in all of my affairs—not just with food. It's a lot easier when you just focus on a food plan, um, but it's sure not very rewarding. I'm just very excited that I finally got it. You know, I finally understand, and I get to hear you guys because um, a whole new world has opened up up for me. So yeah, you know, every night. I look at my behavior, and it's not always a 10, but tomorrow I do things to kind of make it better. So thank you um, so much for all being here.
0: Thank you, Julie. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph?
4: This is Leah.
0: This is Eileen. May I share?
4: I heard Leah and Monica. We'll take those two first, please. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. Obviously, I couldn't get anywhere if I hadn't separated from food. Uh, a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. I mean, uh, you know, I hope I hope it's obvious to you that when I came to this program I had no tools for living, no road map. Uh, my primary relationship all those years had been with food. Um, leave it to the program of recovery to provide me with a roadmap for life. You know, the ability to uh, implement these principles and these steps and thread them through the fabric of my life. I mean, that's the spiritual work of a recovered person. And that's the transformation that's possible. You know, uh, here on my kitchen counter sits, you know, a Mother's Day card from my husband, for instance. I mean, you guys know my history, you've heard it enough on the line. But what about a statement such as from my husband I continue to marvel at your endless ability to give love, spiritual nourishment, and guidance to each of our children you know that that is a result of the program of recovery that is a result of the program of recovery you know uh, another statement our children are successful because of this boundless love you have given over and instilled in them a sense that they can always accomplish Beyond what they thought possible, you are creating this dynasty. Thank you for allowing me to share in this monumental task of raising 12 remarkable children. This is, I don't say those things because of personal recognition or personal success. Please believe me. I say those things um, because I want you to hear what is possible due to this program of recovery. You know, the program of recovery has enabled me to be that better wife, to be a mother when I did not necessarily have the role model of the mother in qualities that I exhibit today. That is a result of the program of recovery. You know, we all remember our abstinence date. My abstinence date happens to be January 19th, 1987. What we don't remember is the day that the anger left, the day that the rage left, the day that the self-pity left, that you know, the remorse left. Those things being removed enabled me to perhaps tap into some of the potential that God gave me and allows for each person to tap into. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah.
9: And Monica. Thank you, Janice. What can I say after that? Ditto, ditto, ditto. We feel uh, a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. So here we're being given more information on sponsoring, and, and, um, and they're saying, you know, we don't make this, none of us make this a sole vocation, and we don't think that that will increase um, effectiveness. But they're going on to say here, what's it like in your home? you know can you respond to your family are you treating everyone with love and tolerance are you making amends when you need to you know we need to be doing this stuff at home and then as our um lives uh are however it's available for us to sponsor obviously yes we must sponsor other people um you know, and, and each one of us can do, you know, depending on our responsibilities, maybe you can sponsor one or two. And then, like I says, you know, some of us are able to spend more time with other ones. But, you know, before you're going out and giving it to others, how are you treating your people at home? Are you really recovered? Are you using love and tolerance to at home before you're going out? And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Monica. Time for one more quick share, Eileen. Hi. <clears throat> Hi, this is Andy, a Um, I think Eileen was before you. Oh, Am I sorry. right? I, I didn't hear.
4: I don't know. Eileen, are you there? Then go ahead, Andy. Great, thank you. Um, hi there, I,
0: I just want to say that I am, I've been so blessed, I'm, I'm still very new to A Vision For You, and um, I hop on in the morning and I get what I need here, and I want to thank each and every one of you who've shared this morning, um, there's such passion for the big book, there's passion for the program, and I know why, I know why you have the passion, because you've had the pain. And I'm very familiar with pain. Um, I'm in programmed program 12 years. 12 years I'm in program, and I've not gotten through the 12 steps. I've done this one, two, three, one, two, three, fall, one, two, three, break my abstinence, oh, so many times. I've had lots of little blips of abstinence, but I can't, I haven't been able to say stop. And what I've heard this morning, and each morning that I get on this line is that I hear that my my relationship with my higher power is the most important thing without exception. Um, and what I have been hearing in the rooms is my abstinence is the most important thing today without exception. So um, it's just... That's my son in the background, sorry. <coughs> One second, wait! Um, so it's it's, got, it's it's been a great um, adjustment. Like, I feel like I've been to a chiropractor and I, I got like that... That, that click, like, you know, okay, so if God is the most important thing in my life today, and the abstinence will come. Um, and um, I'm just super grateful for, for all of you again and your passion and your words and um, and for all the phone calls that I've gotten. Um, thank you so, so, so much for your support. I appreciate it. without that, I'll pass. Thank you, Andy. Welcome in the lifeboat Thank you to everyone who shared today. Um, We will close now. I see we're after 7 o'clock. So sorry for those who might not have had time to share today. Please come back tomorrow. Um, We will now close our meeting with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Esther, could you read that for us? Yes, good morning. My name is Esther, compulsive overeater in Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only.